Stars Comedian Podcast, Not For Time. We recently had a competition online on social media on our community page to decide a name, and the name you chose is Not For Time because we're going for quality, not quantity. We're going to get good information out there for the members to uh, hopefully help them out in their commute. And a uh, fun fact, the average commute in the Nova area is 32 minutes. So we're going to try to keep this thing 32 minutes or less. Yeah, right. And we're going to try our best. Hey, this time we're talking about humble beginnings in CrossFit. Um, you know, Ryan and I are fortunate enough to know when a lot of the members start CrossFit because we greet them when they walk through the door. But it's always a nice touch to kind of know how Ryan and I got our start in CrossFit. Uh, Ryan, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm actually surprised that we're already doing the second podcast. Uh, I think we're super eager. I, I mean, we're, we're riding off that high of the initial podcast. Yeah, um, yeah we got some good feedback. Yeah, good feedback so far. So thanks, everybody who listened. I think we're up to like 100 listens right now. And that's, do you feel well, like a celebrity kind of? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that right now because okay. apparently I already have a big head. But, you know, I think the, the podcast is, uh, is pretty cool and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited in the direction that it's heading, and uh, I think with the community feedback like it has been, um, we're going to continue to see growth and development. Um, so we're talking today about how we got our start in CrossFit. Um, Man. It, it takes you back, right? Yeah. And it kind of, uh, it makes you appreciate the journey, I think, a little bit. Oh, it's, think back. it definitely goes to, you know, enjoy the ride. So, you know, you don't really know where you are today without knowing where you've been before, right? So I, I agree. It's uh, something that we... Uh, we as coaches, we get so involved in CrossFit and we get so future focused that we kind of, you know, we forgot to, we forget to look back every now and then and enjoy the ride. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, my first question for you, Ryan, when did you get your start? What is your start date? Uh, best thing about that is I actually do not know. Oh, okay. Um, someone asked me that the other day. It's roughly about seven and a half years ago. I'd, I'd actually have to hit up, uh, uh, Mr. Todd Katz again and, and asking what my start date is, but uh, I remember that my my boy and I, his name was Rob Groff, and uh, actually he's a landscaper in the area, so I'll give him a little plug here. If, if you guys are looking for a landscaper, <laughs> Groff Landscaping, he does an amazing job. He'll never listen to this podcast, he doesn't even know I'm promoting him. Um, but him and I were going to go to Hammer Down CrossFit and do it, and I remember getting a phone call from him, and he said he couldn't find the place. Mm-hmm. So I was literally like, oh shit, like, am I going to walk in here by myself? Um, and mind you, at the time, I was, I was about 235 pounds. I was, I was way overweight. Oh, wow. So uh, I walked in, and uh, Kelly Price, or Kelly Valores, who now owns Loco CrossFit out in uh, Leesburg, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, her, uh, her little brother is my best friend. Um, she was there. Uh, some of you might remember Bob Parsons. Uh, he was there. My man Jeff Hillenmeyer, who I think he's up in Vermont now, he was there. So it was it was definitely interesting. And I remember walking in, and it was like, oh, right, what are we getting into? That initial and like, we did line drills to start. I'm like, God, yeah, I've done line drills since, <laughs> since like, like high school, high school football, yeah. football and basketball. And I was like, ah, that's not really my thing. So you were like a lot of members that we get coming through the door, kind of that intimidation a little bit. I mean, you, you came from team sports, so maybe not. I, mean, De- I was intimidated not for the fact of uh, the people. I was intimidated because I didn't feel comfortable and, and didn't feel confident in myself anymore. Right. So I was like, man, you know, I'm just, I'm not where I want to be. I'm mentally, you know, a mess. I'm, I'm physically a mess. And, and now you're going to try to come into these 
quote-unquote fire breathers. I will never forget the day that Darby Nelson told me that, and that was like my first or second CrossFit class, that oh, CrossFit wasn't cool anymore, it's too mainstream. Mm. And I'm this new guy like, fuck you talking about? <laughs> I've never even heard of this thing. What about you? When, when, uh, do you remember when you got started? Or, or, um, or yeah, where? I remember the, it was so, it was in Afghanistan. Uh, it was February 2009. Um, I was in Afghanistan doing a traditional like, bodybuilding split and I had at the time aspirations of I'm going to get up on stage I'm going to be an amateur bodybuilder you know, have you seen those people they like do you know how tan you have to be I was you have to be like Bobby Wheeler tan. I will tell you a story is it Wheeler or Wyler by the way I think it's Bobby Wyler I think I don't know we're going to have to ask him. I, I here's a confession embarrassing <laughs> thing so while I was in Afghanistan I went to bodybuilding.com and I actually ordered rubble on tan Oh, to kind of practice my posing. Do you have a picture of that? No, you do not. God. That would be uh, but that would be, uh, yeah, that, so I was kind of doing that, and I was pretty fit. Like, I could, you know, a lot of the isolation movements and stuff, but then I'd hop on a treadmill and try to run a mile, and I would be absolutely gassed. And part of being in the Air Force is you have to test a mile and a half run. I kind of got frustrated. Something has to change, and I was in the gym, and I was watching this Marine girl doing kipping pull-ups. Watching. Watching her creepily in the corner, and, uh, I was watching, I'm like, wow, that's, what's she doing? I don't know what she's doing. It was kipping. I had no idea what it was. So I went over to her and kind of pulled her down off the bar and said, hey, excuse me, um, you know, that's not how you do pull-ups. Let me show you how to do these strict pull-ups like this, trying to show off and uh, basically trying which, to Which all I can't see is that Cameron's actually doing a strict pull-up. I'm a strict pull-up right yeah. now, yeah. Um, and she, she was kind of like frustrated because she had her headphones in and she's like, dude, just, uh, it's called CrossFit. Hang out for 15 minutes. I'll tell you all about it. And I just was like, flabbergasted. I just sat down and just watched this girl move and it was beautiful, impressive. She was strong, fit. Like a kid on Christmas Day. Right? Oh, it was so exciting. And then she's like, hey, you want to do this workout? Come back tomorrow. I'll be here same time, same place. We're going to do Cindy together. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. I, I'm clueless, but she's really attractive. So I'm going to come back tomorrow. The question is, do you remember her name? I do. I do. Monica. Monica. Yeah. Okay. She's... She's yeah. my the girl that got right. away. <laughs> we're gonna move. We're gonna move on. Um, so we uh, we met up the next day. I got my ass absolutely handed to me. I mean, how bad could it be? Five five straight pull ups, ten push ups, fifteen squats. Twenty minutes, no big deal. Five minutes in, I'm dying. She's lapping me multiple times over. Um, I was exhausted, um, and I was hooked from that day on. So that was how I got my starting CrossFit, February 2009. I love the fact that you remember that it was Cindy. I didn't have a name wad on my first one. It was a uh, Four movements, one minute station with a one minute rest. Okay. And the movements were wall balls, um, box jumps, double unders. Did you have them at that point? No. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that here in a minute. And hollow rocks. <laughs> so I remember, like, wall balls are easy. It's like shooting a basketball. Uh, box jumps, if, you know, I will pat myself on my back. If anybody's seen me do box jumps, that's like my best movement. Yeah. And I remember Bob Parsons comes up to me. He's like, hey, do you know how to do a box jump? I was like, bro. I got That's the one thing I got. <laughs> and you can ask Felix, man. I'll out-jump Felix all day long. Tell us about 235-pound Ryan Cage doing double-unders. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> double-unders come up, and no one explained to me what a double-under was, so I just got a rope, and I was just banging it out, mm -hmm. right? Solid singles. Um, and uh, hollow rocks, so, you know, you had to figure out, like, your score. So I was, like, confused what the whiteboard was, so I just was kind of keeping track. And everybody went up. And some people were putting like 200 double unders. I'm like, I got 580 over here. How, you know, <laughs> what's going on? And then I quickly realized that my single unders didn't really mean anything. 
I tell you what, the, the funniest part about that is I, out of four rounds of one-minute stations on Hollow Rocks, I think I got a total of eight. Oh, wow. Out of, yeah, that's how bad I was. Wow. Like, I literally was so embarrassed that I was trying to make jokes, and no one was laughing at me. So then I was like, man, these guys are too serious. kind of dicks. Yeah. So um, it's, it's fun, though. It's, it's definitely fun to reminisce. And, I mean, if, think about it this way. You know, I've been in the community – in our community of hammer down into PR star for seven ish, almost eight ish years. And, uh, like, I mean, I remember going into days of hammer down when Todd and David Cooper and Devin and, oh man, might've been John Stamper. They would all come in and you were like, Oh, whoa, like mm-hmm. there, there's your fire breathers. Exactly. And, and you were scared. I, I like the noon class. It was me and a bunch of moms, and it was just really calm and quiet. And yeah. It was a cool way to do that. That's a good kind of a subtle introduction. You get to ease into CrossFit a little bit, not too intense. Yeah. And then I went to the 6 a.m. and started lifting with uh, Jeff Hillenmeyer and Robert Robert Felix. I think that was his last name. So, yeah. You definitely have to grow those little uh, relationships in each class. Absolutely. I, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, obviously, community is a huge part of what we do in CrossFit. Um so getting involved early on in the community for you was a big plus. Um, unfortunately for me, like I didn't even know CrossFit was about community because I was training by myself. <laughs> I was in the in the uh, Globo Gym at Vandenberg Air Force Base after returning from deployment, and it was headphones in, uh, music up really loud, and just lifting because I thought that's what people did. I had no idea what a CrossFit gym was. Funny. All right, so where were you at? Um, so I found CrossFit in Afghanistan, and then I went, went back to my duty station at Vandenberg Air Force Base. So California. when you were in Vandenberg... Funny story, if you guys don't know this, Bobby Wheeler, Weiler. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Got Dude, he's going to yell at me because I, I, it is Bobby Weiler. Um, so crazy. But, but yeah, t- tell people right, so about the t-shirt store. Small world here. I was um, – so this was back in the early days. I was so ate up on CrossFit. I was in the process <laughs> of starting my own uh, uh, strength and conditioning company. I wasn't going to do the um, uh, affiliation process. So I had these t-shirts made. It was called Catalyst Strength and Conditioning. And I was in – uh, Kabul at the time, the NK, uh, NKC, new Kabul compound. And I was like trying to sell these t-shirts to people, like trying to spread the brand. And one of those people that happened to buy my t-shirts was Bobby's dad and shipped it back to Bobby and then followed that up with like, hey, Bobby, you're in the CrossFit. There's this dude over here, He's this amazing. young stud just throwing around weights. He's really handsome. Super. <laughs> Did you just throw yourself on the handsome boat? <laughs> Classically handsome. God. And uh, then he Next thing turns you're out that tell me that you created this podcast. <laughs> turns out that guy lifting weights and selling T-shirts was me. And um, Bobby came in the, the, into the gym the other day wearing that exact T-shirt from almost God six years ago now. That's crazy. That's a small world. Small, small world, world, but it talks to you about the community aspect. Of it Absolutely, so. it, it really does. It kind of all comes full circle. So that kind of leads to one of the things I've been kind of thinking about and wanted to ask you. So why, why did you go back? Why, why did you, after you got your ass handed to you by Monica in the workout, Cindy, mm-hmm. why did you go back the next day? Um, you know, I think uh, I've always kind of had this mindset, I like a challenge. And, and I was becoming really, really tired of the stale routine of bodybuilding. I could almost predict on a day-by-day what I was going to do. You know, bicep curls, four sets of 12, you know, whatever. That, that whole split, it was getting very old and I was noticing my conditioning was lacking. And I didn't know much about the science behind it, but I knew that feeling that I had when I finished Cindy, 
Um, that's something I wanted to chase because I knew it would help improve my fitness. I didn't know the science behind it, the metabolic conditioning. I just wanted to feel like I got a good workout in and got my ass handed to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So, I mean, you know, we're talking to our members right now, you know, kind of think about why you, why you all came back, you mm-hmm. know, not, not to just, you know, I know some of us started at Hammer Down, some of us started at PR Star, some of us started at different other local CrossFit gyms. I mean, why did you go back? And it's always funny to kind of think about that. I mean, I know for me, not only did I get my ass handed to me, but and, you know, my embarrassment of my eight hollow rocks in you know four total minutes. Um, but really, the reason I went back is I was so out of shape, I was so depressed with myself. And I refused to allow that to be put on to, to my wife or my kids. And that's just something that I've always, you know, kept in mind, right? So, you know, I enjoy the competitive aspect of it. I love to compete. If you ever want to play Tecmo football, I'll dominate you <laughs> with the Giants. Um, but at the end of the day, I did it and I continuously go back and I continuously do workouts so my kids and I can enjoy life down the road, mm-hmm. right? You know, go on hikes, go on walks. I like to do some crazy adventure things, so that's definitely something that I want to enjoy with them, and I don't want to be overweight and tired and lethargic and depressed and angry. Absolutely. Um, so for me, the, the going back was simple. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was for them. It almost wasn't a choice for you. Yeah, no, I mean, if it if it wasn't a choice, it, yeah, it, it wasn't a choice. It, it had to be done. Yep. Um, because before going to CrossFit, I I went to the twenty four hour snap fitness and got all my old workouts from my my high school coaches. I would go there at three in the morning. Ugh. I would only go there because I was so embarrassed to be two hundred and fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and I didn't want anybody to see me. Oh wow! And if okay. anybody walked in, I literally stopped and left. Pack your stuff up. I'll yeah, go. that's yeah. how embarrassed I was. Oh wow! Oh okay. yeah, yeah, crazy fat Ryan, cool guy. If yeah, you ever fun. get to meet Fat Ryan, he's a blast. Really fun dude, from what but, I understand. Yeah, yeah. No. he's he's dead. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. Right. So when did you like? Okay, so talking about when you got started, when did you know that you wanted to to coach this stuff? Um, pretty quickly. I mean, so I went to West Virginia. Uh, my, my major was an ACE major, athletic coaching and education. Mm-hmm. And I was, as my parents like to say, I was doing well in it and school has not really been a, a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was excelling in that. And then of course I did exactly what you shouldn't do. And you talk to your friends and we're all going to open a bar and uh, it's going to be course. the best bar ever. And we're going to have the great time. So what did I do? I switched my major over to business. Mm-hmm. That went downhill real quick. Economics is stupid. Um, I don't like it. Everything is experience-based but for me anyways. Yeah. Um, and so I came home. I didn't finish at uh, WVU, and I, uh, I uh, got a provisional license to be a special ed teacher in Fairfax County. And I got to coach high school basketball because that's what I always wanted to do. And I coached at uh, West Potomac for four years. Um, assistant on freshman and JV my first year, and then head assistant for West Potomac High School varsity um, the following three. And uh, then when I found CrossFit, it just kind of sparked that, that coaching aspect in me again. And uh, I went and got my level one, and I loved everything that Hammerdown and Todd was able to provide for me at that moment, but then there was also something missing, and, and I wanted to grow myself and grow my own thing 
So it wasn't anything on on the hammer down or Todd side. I just wanted to do I wanted to do me and I wanted to, to do it my way. Yeah, I think at some point in every in every CrossFitter's career or time doing CrossFit, they think to themselves, Oh man, it'd be so cool to open my own gym. It's kinda of like the bar thing in college, like, oh it'd be so cool to open my own gym. But once you realize the uh I mean, that's kind of what's deterred me at this point. Um, and we can talk, this is going back to the early days of CrossFit when all you needed was $5,000, a rower, and a couple wall balls, and you could open a gym out in the park somewhere. I say this with love. Good luck. Good luck. I know. Good Not anymore. luck, dude. Not anymore. Um, some people like that kind of gritty, raw stuff, but if you want to make, uh, if you want to make it in this world, in this fitness game, it's got to be... It's going to be a little bit bigger than that, I think. And um, I'm all for the humble beginnings in that respect, but... Well, think about it this way, man. I mean, I know we're talking about how we got into CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. um, think about kind of where it was when you and I started. I mean, you're telling me that you started it over in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, I mean, I can only imagine the, um, the type of workout equipment you had, the, the climate over there. You know, when I started at Hammerdown... Um, I mean, it was, it was gritty. It mm -hmm. was not in a bad way, but that was the cool thing. You had four walls. Yeah. That's all you need. It was gritty and grimy. Right? Yeah. Uh, think about it. Like where it is now. You want to talk about if somebody wants to open it. Yeah. And you say $5,000 in a row or in a couple barbells. I mean, it's evolved pretty, pretty hardcore. It has. And it's been such a fast evolution too, that, um, these gyms that didn't have the, uh, the kind of systems in place to survive have just kind of fallen by the wayside because it's just such a uh, a fast growing part of the fitness market right now. It's it's out of control. Um, but we'll kind of talk more about like how we got into what what has changed. Like when you did your first uh, CrossFit workout, people didn't. Know, I mean, do you remember going into conversations and saying, "Yeah, I do CrossFit over at so and so." What the hell is CrossFit? Oh yeah, people had it's no CrossFit. idea. Yep. Now it's like a household name. It, it's definitely made that transition. I, I think I've met a couple people recently that might not know what CrossFit is still, mm -hmm. but it's very few and far in between. I remember that uh, back then, I mean, you, you just didn't know what it was. It was like this little cult that no one knew. Yeah, and, and believe yeah. it or not, Cheryl Lawson was still, you know, back then she was there and she's still here with us now. And she was still doing the woo! Woo! <laughs> like, oh my God, woman. Intense. I love it. Oh. But it was that intense. And it yeah. was funny thing. Uh, I remember that we had a little Bose radio mm -hmm. and Todd would have a little iPad and it was like, oh my God, can I get some music in here? Or can, yeah. can it get a little louder? And uh, it's just, it's just different. It's just different. So um, do you remember, what do you, what do you remember from when it was back then to now? And like, do you see anything that you would change? Um, you know, something that, you know, comparing it to back then, you know, luckily one of the things that CrossFit has done is made fitness and functional fitness more accessible to the ma uh, to the masses. When I first started CrossFit, I was in the gym and we were using those octagon plates, those steel plates. Do you remember those? I think they're not even octagon, but like, like multi-sided plates, yeah. steel. Okay. Imagine trying to do a clean and jerk with a barbell that doesn't spin. First of all, there's no spin to it. And you got those steel plates and you, the gym managers yelling at you from across the gym, don't drop your barbell. And you're trying to guide it down. Granted, you know, my max back then was like 200 pounds and I felt like such a badass. Um, but yeah, I think that it changed that we, bumper plates are everywhere now. Bumper plates are everywhere. Speed ropes are everywhere now. Yeah. Kettlebells are Walmart, Target, they're everywhere. Kettlebells are everywhere and they're labeled. And they're labeled. Remember yeah. back, back in the day, you didn't know what kettlebells you were. Just grabbed and hoped for the best, right? 
Um, I think that basically it's made fitness more accessible, and I, I like that. As far as something I would change, I, I really kind of miss that cultish kind of like that that grassroots organic growth. I, I love how how you felt like. Well, now everybody does CrossFit, right? But when you were doing it back in the day, you kind of felt like you were part of this secret society. Like, don't tell anybody, but we told everybody. Like, yeah, do CrossFit. Yeah, it's like Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. No, I think I think it's it's funny that you were just saying like how it's it's made it more accessible. In my mind, what what I think of it, it's made it more fun, right? I mean, let's just be honest, and I will be the first one to admit it. I don't like to work out. Mm. I, it's not like. I mean, you guys have heard me before. I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, my God, this is horrible. <laughs> Tell me about right, it. Right? Oh, you, yeah. But it's made it fun. And CrossFit, I mean, they got it right. Dude. They made it a community base. We're all going to be in there. We're all going to suck at this wad together, and it's just going to be us, right? How many times have you done a workout recently here at, at PR Star and, and walked by and, and high-fived and gave knuckles, and everybody's like, man, that was great. No, everybody's like, oh. That was tough, but hey, thanks for being there. Exactly. Right? Thanks for thanks for giving me the high five. Thanks for pushing me a little bit more. Um, I think I said it in the first podcast. You know, I've been doing more of the coaching for the, the Supernovas in the morning, the, the comp team, and it was really cool. Um, Heather and, uh, and Andy have come up to me multiple times. Hey, thanks for being there. Without you being there, I wouldn't have pushed as hard. Exactly. Right? So a lot of the accountability aspect of it. Yeah. It's very easy to quit when you look to your left and right and there's nobody there. Oh, I quit all the time. You know, so oh, yeah. How do you, I mean, you think I get such good score? I think you just quit. What would you get? 15? What would you get? 15 and 1? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's, so, it's so easy when nobody's there kind of pushing you. But in a class setting, you look to your left, you got Cheryl Lawson. You look to your right, you got Joel working out with you. It's a community. It's beautiful. And it, it, it not just betters you as a person, but it brings the entire community up, I think. Oh, I think so, and I, I, I think uh, I, I think that people see that people, you know, mm-hmm. the five AMers, you know, I know Pete and Holly and, and um, uh, Lou all kind of hang out together, and they kind of—I wouldn't say go at it, but you know, they kind of push each other in a yeah. different direction. And then even in the five AM, you got you got Natasha, Leah, Ashley, Megan, uh, Gina, and they're all they're all sitting there, kind of giving each other an eye, like, oh, you know, what. What kettlebell did you pick up? And how many push-ups are you exactly. doing today? And then my man, uh, Norm and, and Jason over there are like, uh, Ryan, I don't really care. I'm just going to be like, I just want to break a sweat. You know, I love you guys. <laughs> Norm. Who doesn't love Norm? <laughs> and I think that goes to our uh, everybody's individual goals. I mean, some people do want to come in, the Heathers and the Andes, and they want to be competitive. And then you have other people who just want to come in and break a sweat. And I think one of the beautiful things about coaching is it's a, it's a science, it's an art to kind of get inside the members' heads and say, you know what, what's this person's goal? If somebody's goal is just to break a sweat, I'm not going to be in their face yelling. I'm just going to encourage them, hey, great job, keep it up, you're, great. you're sweating, you're doing awesome. Yep. That's it. Well, I mean, I think that's our motto at the gym, right? Break a sweat, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah, break, no, come in, man. You know, it's for you. It's yeah, for you. everybody, we got we to gotta walk. And, and, and everybody's got to work out on the board, and that's the one workout we're going to do. But that workout isn't... For you to compare yourself against Cameron and 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 Kyle McKendrick, it's for you to come in and, and push yourself for you exactly and get what you need to get out of it. A hundred percent. And uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a huge thing for people. And our, our one of our catchphrases on on Instagram is "Fitness for All." It's our little tagline in our bio: "Fitness for everybody." You don't have to be an elite level athlete. You don't have to be 
Um, you know, it, it's for everybody. That's just a big message here. Oh, I agree. How many people do you think are going to uh, want that gritty, grungy CrossFit gym to come back? Um, I think there'll always be a, a select group of like people in the military who want that. That, that kind of raw dungeon type feel. Do you think if someone opened a CrossFit gym right now? Okay, it, right now. Let's say here. Let's say in the in the Northern Virginia area. I mean, does it have? Can it be gritty and grungy, or can it? Does it have to be in the direction that we're going? You know that that luxury CrossFit gym. That that CrossFit gym that looks and feels like a like a lifetime. You know, I think that it can happen. But they're going to attract a certain type of audience. Right. They're going to attract people who, you know, are looking to pay 50 bucks a month for a CrossFit gym membership. And they're going to have um, a bunch of just hardcore people who don't, I don't, who don't appreciate, I guess isn't the right word, who don't look for those uh, amenities that we're going to be providing. I think that, um, you know, in order to not, not just survive, that gym would survive. Yeah. We're talking survive and thrive and flourish you got to have some of the niceties that people look for in their lifetime. Or yeah, I would definitely sit there and say that if somebody opened a gym today and that was their mindset, that's fine. It's, it'll, it'll, be what, it'll be what PR Star used to be, and now I, I don't want to say despise because that's an ugly word, but I, I, I disagree. Um, it'll, it'll turn into that hobby box, right? I mean, it will be a hobby box. You know? Absolutely. You'll, you'll, you'll float just above and... Uh, and you won't grow, and you know it won't be a, a what I would say a career. Right. Um, it'll be the thing that hey, you know my, my fifty to hundred buddies of mine are going to come in and we're going to work out. Right. Um, I think today, especially in Northern Virginia, because we live in such a nice area and it's commuter commuter capital. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you just told me the commute is thirty two minutes. Um, you you need to have the nicer things. I mean, you know, I mean. Just starting by having a clean gym, right? Yeah, and I think that you know it always you're always going to attract what you put out there. So in that type of scenario where you open a, a grimy, gritty gym, you're going to attract a select group of staff who <laughs> don't mind working in that gritty, grimy gym. That's that might not be the people you want on board. My understanding is Karen doesn't mind when it's dirty. Yes, all right. <laughs> yeah, right. She complains more than anybody. Um. Cool, man. Um, that's all. Well, no, actually, I lied. I have, I have another question. Okay, you. good. Um, so when you moved here mm -hmm. from Hong Kong, I believe you told me the weather yeah. is yeah. pretty much the same across the board. Is that right? What's the weather like? Yeah, it's always a muggy, so it's a, like a tropical climate. It's always very humid, very sticky heat. Yeah. Um, so kind of like what we've had in October I, right It's now? unreal. I'm actually sweating right now. I, I think a sweater was a bad choice today. Um, yeah, it was always the same. Really hot and humid and muggy. Cool. Yeah, no, I was just curious if you were you uh, you were sad that we haven't had like an actual fall yet. I, I'm I'm can't I can't wait. I, I see the the weather next week. It's looking like we're gonna hit sixty. So I'm Ooh. kind of excited about that. That is exciting. Yeah, breaking that out the Lulu exciting. long pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one question for you to finish cool. it out. Cool. Um, what is one of or a couple of your most memorable experiences while doing CrossFit? Most memorable. Um, that's tough, man. I, I remember going down and doing. I remember doing Cold War, Cold War Three. Is that was that down in Florida? No, that is that's here in Northern Virginia. Okay. It, it's uh, it was a big competition. I remember doing that, and I did it with uh, Holly, 
Coop and Allie, and that was like my first big competition. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, it was a two-day competition. It was in this like big warehouse area. Uh, it was freezing. Um, they took the top five teams out of out of whatever, and uh, I think on day one we were seventh. And I mean, to put this in perspective, like Jacob Hepner was there. Oh, nice. Uh, my boy Brandon Moppin was there. Uh, there was a couple other big namers there. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, big name crossfitters. And to, to go ahead and have some competition against them yeah, uh, was, was pretty exciting. The thing I remember the most about that, though, is the next day, I hurt my neck. Like, oh, I couldn't even move. It was so cold. And um, I finally realized how much of a competitor and a jerk that Holly Krempo could be. Oh, no. <laughs> like, she's literally mad at me because I couldn't move, right? <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, I love her to death. But then two years later, we go to Superfit Bel Air. Guess what? Hurt my neck again. And we made the finals, and she looks over to me. And once again, I saw that, that competitor jerk in me, in, in her again. And she goes, well, are you sure you can't do the finals? I mean, I couldn't move. <laughs> like, I mean, literally couldn't move. And I go, all right, I'll give you one. Yeah, Let's see what the movements are. What to do, yeah. Rope climbs, cleans, burpees. I'm like, I can't move. Yeah. We can't do this. And she she literally got mad at me. That it's funny because that's one of my memorable moments in, in CrossFit. Um, but really, uh, another one would be getting that, that double under because I used to um, do the dolphin kick. Oh, so, okay. So my yeah, legs yeah. would come out real straight in a big pike, right? and then I would pull a loop. Ah, okay. Because I would just move through the whole <laughs> clear right? space. You know, like Lou needs everywhere. Yeah, I, I love him, but like Lou, like just pick a spot. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I went. I was all over the map. That's good. And, uh, I believe uh, the coach's name at the time. Her name was Sarah Mills, and she would be like, "Dude, stop moving." I'm like, "I can't." I can't. This is the only way I can do it. Just make sure there's nobody in my way. What about you? What's your most memorable? Um, I would say, you know, don't want to go down the competitive line too much. We're going to cover this in a future episode. Um, but it has to be uh, regionals in, uh, in the south, uh, down in Florida, uh, 2014, I believe. Yeah, you're um, digging that knife in deep on me, huh? Yeah, you it, made it. It I felt awesome. so, it was, like, it was like taking me back to high school football to step out on the, on the court and just kind of look to my left and right. I got Easy Muhammad, I got Noah Olson. And there's little old me. I felt like five foot five, and I felt so puny next to those guys. But it was just a humbling experience to be uh, next to the, next to some big names like that. Well, isn't that cool that we're gonna try to qualify here? Come, are we ready? A couple weeks for Wadapalooza uh, against those type of guys. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. We're gonna be all right. Yeah. Hopefully, McKendrick can do something. <laughs> there you go. There's your challenge, McKendrick. Um, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Of Not For Time. Do you have anything else you want to add? Before yeah, you? I was just curious. What is the most recent movie you've watched? Recent movie I watched, um, it's got to be Hocus Pocus. We talked about it last episode. I Dude, watched you haven't watched a movie since Hocus Pocus? I've been it was busy. like two weeks ago. I watched Shark Tank last night. Shark Tank's good. It's a good it's show. Good. pumps me up, man. Yeah. I love it. Um, no, no, no other movies. What about you? Uh, the kids made me watch Mrs. Doubtfire. Classic. Classic movie. If you have not watched that recently... I just gonna go back to that hocus pocus conversation. There's a lot of sexual innuendo. Very, very subtle. Too. And it was weird it's that so out of all my kids, Lucy was laughing the whole time. <laughs> she thought it was hysterical. I'm like, dude, yeah. she's got a good sense of humor, but wait, you're too young. Yeah, you're yeah. four. That's our movie recommendation of the week, Mrs. Doubtfire. Absolutely. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, I think that's gonna be it for today. Episode two of 
our podcast, Not For Time, talking about our humble beginnings in the CrossFit world. And I hope you enjoyed this on your commute into work or on the way home from work. Wherever you're listening, we're happy to have you. And our coaching cue for the week is going to be... Chest to deck, right? Chest to deck and full lockout at the top. Full lockout. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you later. All right.